0: I thank you for it. This is 2017. This is the year that the faithful shall flourish in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It shall be like days of heaven on earth. The blessing of God is on our life. The favor of God is on our life. The blessing of God on life, it empowers us to prosper. The favor of God in our life, it produces the opportunities to make them happen. Our steps are ordered by the Lord. The Holy Spirit leads us and directs us. He causes us to be in the right place at the right time so we can seize our opportunities. Because we stay in faith, we're faithful in the name of Jesus. We are flourishing. That means we're thriving. We're increasing. We're growing. We're expanding. We're enlarging. Hallelujah. We're prosperous. We're abounding. We're spreading out in every direction we're steady upward progress and we're at a high point in every area of our life that's in our finances that's in our calling that's in our family that's in our health in the name of jesus we're thriving we're growing we're thriving we're moving we're excelling we're prosperous in jesus name always moving always at a high point in jesus name glory be to god thank you jesus proverbs 28 20 it's the faithful man that abounds in blessing Psalms 512 says that thou Lord you bless the righteous and with favor you surround him as a shield in Jesus name. You surround us with that shield. You show us how to enter in. You show us how to see it. You show us how to grab it. You show us how to take hold of it in Jesus' name. Psalms 92, 12 to 15, the righteous flourishes. We shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon in the name of Jesus. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is our rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord. Our bodies are the temple of the Lord. We were designed and created to be winners in the name of Jesus. Designed and created to be winners in the name of Jesus. God commanded a blessing over you, and he did it through the Abrahamic covenant, through the covenant of increase. All the nations in you will be blessed. Jesus came so that, that blessing of Abraham could come upon us. That command was put on you and I. That command is yours in the name of Jesus. It is yours in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You are born again. The Spirit of the Lord is on the inside of you. You are transfiguring every day. You are looking in that perfect mirror of the Lord, and you are transfiguring every day in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, all right, everybody. I'm getting excited up here. All right, everybody. Please be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. We've been going over the series of faith. And i got to say something about the series of faith. You never know everything there is to know about faith. In the military, we practice for war every day. Every day we did because you want to stay sharp. You always got to stay sharp on everything that you do. You can't give up. I like how Dr. Savell said it one time. He said, It's like paddling a canoe up a stream. You ever tried paddling a canoe up a stream? It takes work, doesn't it? It takes effort. But what happens when you stop paddling? The stream takes over and it takes you back. Here's what the funny thing is. We're going one direction and the world's going the other. Okay, So they're going to look at you as you're passing by and they're going to say, Where are you, what are you doing? And you say, I'm going the way I'm supposed to go, hallelujah. It's going to look weird to them. Hallelujah. But everything God makes is good. Everything God makes is good. Now, as I was praying for the Holy Spirit on how to approach this message, he kept having me go here. Faith sees. Faith has vision. Now, I know in the Scriptures it says we don't walk by sight, right? We don't, we're not moved by the things that we see. But that's talking about your physical eye. Your body, when it was designed, all my eyes were designed to do was to tell me what's going on in the physical, this physical created universe. That's all it was designed to do. This temple was just designed to be a shelter, a house, okay? But I have a spiritual eye. And without a vision, you might as well forget it. If you don't have a vision, if you can't see yourself in that Abrahamic vision, when God took Abraham and he took him up, And it says it in the Psalms, I'm not in Psalms, but in Genesis, he took him up and showed him all the stars of the universe. And Abraham is just overwhelmed, and he says, count them. That's how your descendants will be. That's how, we're part of that plan. You've got to see yourself as part of that vision. You've got to understand that, that you're part of that Abrahamic vision, that there is a blessing that was pronounced over that vision. God has a plan, and you and I are part of that. You've got to understand that God loves you. You have to understand that. Yes, right. Hallelujah. Psalms 139, and I'm just going to read this verses 13 to 16. Now, I'm going to read this in the message version in Psalms 139. Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You are breathtaking, body and soul. I am marvelously made. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Each one of us has an intricate part in fulfilling that call you gave on Abraham, on filling what you put in Jesus when you raised him from the dead. And you you born again our spirits, and you put that spirit of Christ on the inside of us. We are a part of that vision in Jesus' name. We have a piece of that vision. We are an intricate part of that vision. And without us understanding that vision, God's vision doesn't get done. We have to do our part. Some Nobody's waiting for us to do our part in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I worship you in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book. You watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life are prepared before I even live one day. God has a vision for you. He's got a plan for you. You were designed to win. You were designed to be a carrier of the Spirit of the living God. You were designed to bring the blessing on the earth. That's how God designed it. I love going into the prisons and talking to the guys in the prisons, and I love telling them, God has designed. To show himself in the earth through you. He designed it that way. He doesn't want to do it any other way. He wants to do it through you and I. Jesus was the prototype. Prototype means the first of its kind. But it also means it's the one that does all the testing. Once the testing is done on that prototype, you make the rest of the other pieces after it the exact same duplicate. We are the exact same duplicate of Christ. There is a vision for you. There is a plan for you. This has everything to do with faith. Everything to do with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People who dare to believe God are the ones who dare to believe they can do what others say they can't do. That's what faith does. Faith will fuel your vision. And you'll believe that you can do what God's called you to do, regardless of what the world says, regardless of what anybody else says. You have to believe. You have to think big. You have to dream big. Everybody go to Isaiah 54. Go to Isaiah 54, verse 2. Isaiah 54, verse 2. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read those couple verses up there, but I'm going to use the message translations. I like a lot of times you use the King James Version, but I like the message version on this one. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. It says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive those tent pegs down deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. Hallelujah. Get in this word. Become intimate with this book. Become intimate with the word of God. Get to know it inside and out. Practicing it every day. Get in it. Get in it. It'll start to expand your vision. And once you get your vision, oh, my, look out. Because here you go in the name of Jesus. In a world that's huge and big, how can God make every one of us a winner? I was reading this one time. I I like to study processes. and I like animals. I like plants. You know, there's all kinds of things that just interest me. But I was always curious about the field. You go into an average field, you can find over 100 different varieties of flowers, of flowering types of plants in there. And there was a study done by the Brits over there in 2008 in one of their academies and what they found was is there's about 450,000 different kinds of flowering types of plants that they could track and find. That doesn't count the ones that are extinct. That doesn't even count the ones they couldn't get to in certain countries. Think about that. If you look at our thumbs, think about this. How many billions of people are there? How many billions of people are there? And not one thumbprint is the same. What a God we serve. There is nobody like you. There is nobody like you. Faith doesn't care what you look like. Faith doesn't care how tall you are, how small you are. It doesn't care what color you are. It doesn't care where you were born. Man, God's got a dream, a vision, and a purpose for you. I read in the book of Isaiah one time where it said God gives breath and spirit. When I read that, I started running around the room. Because, see, I thought where I was born had something to do with with God's plan in my life. I figured if I wasn't born with a rich spoon in my mouth and I wasn't born in a particular place, Place, you know, I figured I didn't have a chance in life. But when I came across that scripture, I said, Wait a second, God. I know a man and a woman get together, and that's part of creation, and they make a child, but Lord, you're the one that gave me spirit. And that means you have a design and a plan for me. It's totally different from breath, it's totally different than this physical body. Man, when I read that, I couldn't keep myself seated. Hallelujah. So I want you to know that you're special. You are special in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27 to 30. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27 to 30. Now, I'm going to read King James Version out of this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27 to 30. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic unto his stature? So we're going to learn that Thoughts have something to do with faith, don't they? (laughs) And why take you thought for arraignment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil. Neither do they spin. So Jesus is trying to do a shift in your thinking. He's trying to do a shift in the way people are thinking, believing, acting, and walking on the earth. He says, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Think of that. Wherefore, if God can clothe the grass of the field, think of your thumb, how different it is from everybody else. Think of the different varieties of flowers. If he can clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. And I started to see I have a purpose. I have a vision. There's a purpose for me. There's a vision for me. So I have to line up my vision with God's vision. And I did that through, through Abraham. I did that through when, when the Lord took him out and let him see the stars. I got excited I, when, when he showed him that. Oh, it's just like, yes, I, we are destined for the stars. God's got a plan. Right. And it's bigger than you and I can think. And he showed Abram his plan. God has a vision. Yes. Can you imagine that? Your father has a plan. Right. And he's decided that he's going to fulfill it through you and I. He wants to fulfill it through you and I, and he's going to fulfill it through you and I. What a father we serve. Mm. Your vision of faith from God is what's going to keep you going. It's going to keep you going, okay? It's going to inspire you. It's going to motivate you, right? It's going to give you direction in your life. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Okay, that's the famous statement of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So now we know God loves us. Now we know he's got a vision. He has a vision. He made a vision and said, light be. Man, time and space came into existence when he said, light be. All the molecules, all the atoms you can think of came into existence. Time and space allows you and I now to sow and reap. That's what it does. It allows us to sow and reap. Why does history repeat itself? Because we sow and reap. We live in that law. The Lord created the universe that way of sowing and reaping. It, oh, this is why faith has everything to do with it. The Lord created the universe with faith, right? Hebrews 11, he said, the world's refrained by faith. So God's not going to teach us to live one way and he live another way. No, he wants us to live the same way he does. And he gets excited when we catch hold of this. Okay? So what does it say in Hebrews 11.1? Okay, so it's not up there. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of what your physical eyes can't see. Hallelujah. So once I get a vision, once I get inspired, once I start reading the word, and we're going to get into that. Once it gets down on the inside of me, it starts to grow. Once it starts to grow, it's going to start producing words out of my mouth. And once it starts producing words out of my mouth, it starts changing the condition, right? 2 Corinthians 4.18, right? We don't look at the things that are seen, right? But the things that are not seen, because the things that are seen are temporal. But the things that are not seen are eternal, right? Faith sees. Something can change the condition. So if you're here tonight and there's a condition that you don't like, thank god you can change it he designed the universe so that you and i could speak on a level just like him we can create on a level just like him in this universe he decided to make it that way and he gave us the authority to do it he gave us the dominion right hallelujah faith is your substance words are what carry your faith right it's my substance man i got a vision i got a vision Man, in 2013, oh, glory be to God, Dr. Savell, year of the greater, right? Hallelujah. And I like what Terry said one time after he came up and he had had said that. She said, don't just take the words and just read them. She said, take them, sit down, and make them your own. Make it your own. So in 2013, and I carry this every day, I thought of Abraham, and I thought of him looking at the stars. And then I remember when God changed the name of Abraham. He changed it from Avram to Avraham. He put his own name in there. So now every time someone comes up and says, hey, my name is Abraham, I'm the father of many nations. And someone comes up and says, hey, Abraham, they're saying, hey, father of many nations. And he remembers that vision that he had with the stars. He remembers seeing the sand in his hand. He remembers when God told him, I'm going to change your name to Abraham. So now he's hearing it every day. So I wrote what the Holy Spirit, the vision he had for me, and I wrote it on here. Then I wrote my name Joseph on there. And then I found one scripture that I could use that would make my memory remember it, right, so that I could always see it. Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift, my calling, right, will broaden access for me. It will lead me before the great. So I began to speak this. I began to say this, right, and things started happening. And within the last three years, I've been doing things that I wrote that I wanted to do on the back of it. In fact, it got so that I was tearing it up and reading it so much I had to completely enclose it in tape. Right? And I'm one by one, I'm watching these things happen. See, you've got to have a vision right, with your faith. You have to have a vision because that's what's going to inspire you and motivate you. That's my, this is my substance. This is a covenant that I came in with my intimate time with the Lord. I sat down and it took me like two or three days to write this little sentence that I have on here out. I'd write it down, go over it with the Holy Spirit, scratch it out. Write it down, go over it with the Holy Spirit, scratch it out. I would pray in the, in the Spirit with the Lord, and I went over this thing, and then I got it to the way I wanted it. And then the Holy Spirit said, arrange it so that you could have a visual of it, and then put your name on there. So now every time you say Joseph, every time you say my name, this thing is what comes to my memory Oh man, it's all based in the scriptures. What, what does the Lord do without a vision? People perish, right? What do you say in Habakkuk in the, in the second chapter? Write it down, make it plain, so that when you're on the run and you're on your daily life, you can read it, you can understand it. It's out there. It's gonna happen, right? It. And oh, I like how it says it in the message. It says it wants to happen. It's waiting to happen. It wants to, right? But it wants you to go toward it. It wants you to start making the move. So somewhere out here, the Lord says, this is when I'm executing this plan, right? You're right here. So he's getting you prepared. So you're taking the steps, right? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He leads us and directs us, right? We delight in his way, right? So when we get to that spot, he's ready, And and there, it's released, it's unleashed. It's waiting for us. It's calling you. Your vision is calling you. It wants you to live by faith. It wants you to speak by faith. Well, of course, who's going to be standing right there in your way? Who's going to be tapping you on the shoulders while you're going? Who's going to be jumping on your back like a monkey or like a linebacker when you're you're running back with a ball? It's going to be the devil. He's going to try to get you to fumble that vision, right? So let's go to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. Let's put it before our eyes. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. We're going to put it before our eyes because we're going to eat. We're going to learn how you get the word of God inside of you, right? You eat food, right? We're going to talk about that. So we need to get it before our eyes and we need to get it in our ears, right? It says here in Proverbs 20, verse 24, I got the King James Version. It says, The very steps we take come from God. Otherwise, how do we know where we're going? I was so excited. I was, <laughs> I was sitting, I was spending some time with the Lord the other day, and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to call your oldest son, and I want you to start telling him about faith now. He's ready for it. He's ready to start doing this because he used faith to get to where he's at right now. And I'm just thanking the Lord because we are thriving, and now my kids are thriving in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. They are taking the word of God, and they are using it, and they're standing on faith, and they're going. It took him a year and a half to get to where he wanted. He got discouraged a lot of times, but he kept at it, and he got there. And he said, I want you to call him. And I told him this verse right here, and I said, think of GPS. I said, what does GPS do? When it's time to make a turn, that's when it speaks, right? But when you're on the right course and you're going, GPS doesn't really won't say anything, will it? It won't say it until you're getting ready to make a course correction. Then it'll speak, right? So the steps that we take of the Lord, right, if we're on the right path and we're going toward that dream, just relax. Trust God. When it comes time to turn, He'll tell you when to turn. It'll be there. And, I, and that's, I, you know, this is one of the GPS scriptures. I, it's like the steps I take, they come from God. So otherwise, how would I know where I'm going? Well, okay, I'll just trust the radar God's put on there for me. Think of a, you know, think of a pilot when he's flying at night and he's in the pitch black, okay? He's flying over the desert. Or he's, he's flying over the ocean, right, and it's cloudy. He's got to rely on his instruments, right? He can't see with his physical eyes what's going on around him. He has to trust his instrument. I trust the Lord, right? I know he'll speak to me when it's time to turn. A person who knows their faith vision from God will get rid of all the what-ifs in their life. They will. So there's three areas concerning the subject of faith. First of all, faith is a lifestyle. It's a relationship, right? Faith is a lifestyle, okay? You don't have to go there, but I'm going to read to you four key scriptures. Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, In Hebrews 10, 38, they all have one key word in there, the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. The world doesn't live by faith. They've got a worldly faith. They trust in what the world says and what the world does. So that's where their trust is. But we live by God's faith. We live by faith. We're supposed to be different than the world. I like what Peter said when he wrote it. Why are you so surprised? When you're going paddling upstream and everyone else is going downstream, right? Why are you so surprised when they look at you and think you're weird? Why is it you're celebrating? Why is it you're so excited? Why is it when the same kind of conditions and things happen to you, like it says in Luke 6 at the end of there, why is it you don't fall? Why is it all these blessings happen to you? It's Jesus. It's the word. I'm founded on the word, you know. They'll get excited. They'll want what you want. So faith is a lifestyle. And we know, number two, without faith it is impossible to please God, right? You you have to believe God is a man of his word. You have to believe God is who he says he is. And he's going to be a rewarder of those that trust him, that diligently seek him and trust him. Well, once you know you got a vision, once you know you're part of that plan that God has for you, once you begin to understand that and get that word down on the inside of you and you understand God loves you, now you begin to have a relationship with God. Faith is your lifestyle. You begin to trust him. You begin to to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And then number three, faith is our method of victory that overcomes the world, right? 1 John 5, 4, whosoever is born of God, the Spirit of God's in the inside of them, right? You get the Spirit on the inside of them. You. You're an overcomer. And what do we do since we're overcomers and we got the Spirit of the Lord? We overcome with our faith, yeah. right? I mean, God designed it this way. And when I under see, I used to think that God's up there living one way and I'm down here living another. And he just laughs and giggles and, You know, it's like, no, God wants me to be just exactly like he is. No, it's just powerful. So faith is a lifestyle, and without it, you can't please God. So go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 to 39. Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. Hallelujah. And while we go to Hebrews 10, 35 to 39... I had a a dream one time I was holding this really cool gun. I mean, I was surrounded by an enemy, right? And they were taking shots at me. And um, I'm firing back at them. There's a group of guys around me, and I'm telling them to shoot at the enemy. And I'm like, I can't see these guys. How can I hit these guys, right? And all of a sudden, someone comes up and gives me this gun. And I mean, whoa, what a gun it was. It was a big, huge rifle and had just a, a huge scope on that. And when I took that gun and I lifted that thing up, all of a sudden the enemy was like standing right in front of me. All the enemy was, I could see every one of them getting ready to pick them all off. See, faith will give you vision. And once that vision grows, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. He'll give you the ability to see what's going on. What's the root to the fruit, right? He gives you the ability to see the root to the fruit. What's the problem in my finances? What's the problem in my health? Where's the problem at? He'll give you the root to the fruit. He'll show it to you. He'll make it plain and clear. That's what faith does. That's what relationship and the lifestyle of faith will do. And then you'll get the words to speak. Ah, it's right there in the name of Jesus. I, I was attacked with a sickness one time. And, and inside my hand, I, I, I had this dream from the Holy Spirit. I spend time with the Lord, right? You get intimate with the Lord. When you get intimate with the word and you get intimate with the Lord, it begins to talk to you. Sometimes it talks to you in a vision. Sometimes it talks to you in a still, small voice. I mean, TV, what's TV? It's just a sound wave. It is a wave. Sometimes it's just a signal. I used to listen to TV in the Army on the radio. You could pull in, you know, TV stations, and I could hear the, the radio sound of it. I couldn't get the picture. But we could do that when we were out in the field. Sometimes it gives you a vision. And I've seen these things, and I'm like, well, there's the problem right there. It looked like a little string and I started pulling it out and pulling it out and pulling it out. And when I woke up, I spoke to it and it was gone. It disappeared. See, vision, the word will give you vision. It will speak to you. The Holy Spirit promises that the world, the word will start to speak to you. And when you get confident and you get bold in it, your faith begins to blossom. And once your faith begins to blossom, look out. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Don't, don't get rid of this faith walk. I've heard them, the name it and blame it, I mean, name it and claim it, the blab it and grab it. I've heard it all, right? They don't understand. They don't understand. Their very denial of that system working comes against them. And then at the same thing, like a weightlifter lifting weights, a boxer in a boxing ring, right, if you don't prepare for the fight, if you're not in the word of God and you don't have faith, right, what's going to happen when you, when you speak your words? They're not going to have much punch in them. The devil knows the word. The devil is interested in if you know what the word says and you have the faith behind it. That's what he's interested in. That's what makes him move, right? Put the visor down. you got the armor of Christ. Put that visor down, and he all he sees is Jesus. He don't know. He just sees Jesus coming at him, right? So don't cast away. Don't start murmuring. Don't start complaining, right? Keep that confidence, right? For you have need of patience. It's a force, right? Patience is a force of God. It's a, one of the power twins we learn. It works with faith, faith and patience. That's what the devil's trying to see. Is this guy for real or not? Is this girl for real or not, right? Give him a cold cock with the word of God. I mean, give him one, man. Hey, this dude's for real, man. He's seeing if you're ready or not, right? That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he shall come. He will come. That shall come, will come. And it will not tarry. And there, of course, there it is. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, right, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we're not of them. We're not of them, okay? We don't draw back unto the perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. All right, God delights in leading you in every step, right? In Psalms 37, verse 23, Psalms 37, verse 23 and 24, I'm going to read from the message translation. Psalms 37, verse 23 and 24, it talks about the stalwart man, Stalwart walks in step with God, okay? His path is blazed by God. He's happy. Hallelujah, okay? Now, in Psalms 37, when I read it in the King James Version, okay, and I go to verse 23, it says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Well, let's kind of look at it. Let's add another scripture to go with it. It's the steady man. It's the patient man. It's the man that's dedicated, right, and loyal, right? Right? The one that doesn 't draw back, the one that keeps going, the one that walks in that relationship with God, right walks in a relationship with that word and that vision okay he 's the one that walks in step with God, and his path becomes to be blazed by God, and he 's happy. Yeah. woo, glory, he knows his vision, he knows who he is he 's following it if he look at this, if he stumbles, okay, what happens though though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Yeah. And then, of course, in the message it says, if he stumbles, he's not down for long because God's got a grip on his hand. I like what David said in the Psalms. He says, he gives me feet like the goat, right, like the hinds feet, like those goats. Okay, I've been to Glacier National Park. You know, I went to Israel, went up into the mountains in En I saw those little goats, you know. I saw the goats. Up there, I got to go to Denali National Park up in Alaska. I mean, I got to go a lot of different parks. And there's those goats, man. And when I was at Glacier National Park, I'm looking down, and it is a straight drop. And those little goats are just jumping on rocks that don't come any more than a quarter of an inch, maybe a half an inch off the side of the cliff, of the face of that cliff. And they're just jumping on that thing, and they're just standing there like it's no big deal. And I'm thinking, how can that goat stand on that little tiny, you know, eighth of an inch, fourth of an inch crack that's sticking out there. And he just sits there and then pew, he just jumps to the next one. I'm just like, man, think of that. That's what, that's what David is using to describe. If he begins to stumble, if you lose a foot, if you lose one of your foots on your footing, oh, he grabs you and lifts you right back up. So don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Just get your foot back up. Dust yourself off, right? Get right back on the direction. Keep going. I, I always like to say this. Uh, NASCAR, right? Uh, you know, how many laps are there in a typical NASCAR race, right? Hundreds, right? Are you going to win it all in the first race? No. Uh, you know, you, you watch the NASCAR Cups. You watch Jimmy Stewart. You, you know, you watch all these other race car drivers, right? And Jimmy Johnson. And I was Jimmy Johnson didn't even lead any of that race when he won his seventh, when he, when he won that last sprint, sprint Cup, right? Was it his seventh that he won or his fifth? Was it, was it his seventh? I mean, and I was watching that race. He, he won in the last two laps, but he never led any of the other races. See, it doesn't matter what you think just because situations are going on in your life. You, the devil might try to tell you and make you think that you're not winning, right? But actually you are. You're ready to take it. Hey, I, I was a kid watching, you know, Carol Yarborough, right, watching him do that race that one time with Bobby Allison, and they're coming around that race car at the Daytona 500, you know, and they're both neck and neck, and they, they hit each other, and then they both spin out, right, and then here comes Richard Petty right around them, right, and he wins the race. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, don't give up on your dream. Don't, don't give up on the vision God has for you, right? You may not think you're winning. You may not think you're in the lead, but there's more than one lap. And if you do everything right, you're going to win that race. Hallelujah. Okay? I mean, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right? So God delights in that. Um, John 16, John 16, 33 says that these things I have spoken in you that you might have peace. Right? And in the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer or good cheer or courage, I have overcome the world. See, God releases his vision for those who have the faith to trust God to carry them out, right? To carry that vision. So, faith without works, right? It's impossible to please God without works. Uh, One of the things I want to do is I'm listening from the Holy Spirit here. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11. I'm getting into a little shift right here. Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of fame of faith, right? Right? Okay, that's the Hall of Fame of Faith. And you'll notice that there's some characteristics, and I'm going to read these characteristics that you're going to notice about these guys. One, they have courage to face challenges for their vision. Two, they have ability to stay focused and not distracted. Three, they have a steadfast spirit. They never give ground or turn back. Four, they have unwavering faith. They will not let doubt enter in. They are single-minded of purpose. Number five, they have joyful spirit when things get tough because they draw their strength from the Lord. They draw it from the word, right? Their vision. And not on the things around them, right? They are resilient. They're undeterred by what faces them. And they expect and speak the right words. They believe that the vision and the words from the Lord that come, you know, the promises of God that would be given to them is over their lives, and they know it'll bring victory. They don't go around. It's kind of interesting. They don't try to make it happen. They don't try to beg. You'll notice that people of faith will just be quiet. They'll be quiet. They'll be joyful. You you don't know half the things that are going on in my life because I'm quiet. You don't know the things I'm believing for. You don't know the things I'm standing for. I know they're, they're, they're happening. I know the Lord's working on them right now. There's a lot of things that I've experienced, and I'm going to get to testify here pretty soon about some of these things. But one by one, the Lord has been giving me all the things that I've been standing in faith for and all the things that he's been showing me, but, but you won't know, the discouragement. I mean, sometimes you might notice discouragement on someone, but we're supposed to lift each other up, right? So let's lift each other up, you know. I'm not going to ask you, you know, particular things. I'm just going to just stay in love with you. All right, now, are you this person? We just described all these things. Are you this person? Yes, you are this person. All right, the Holy Spirit's telling me now to sift on over. We're going to talk about words now. God has put the future, your future, in your hands. Okay, so what are you going to do with it? Um, Faith is our victory that overcomes the world, right? You shall have what you decree, because what you believe in is what you're going to connect to. And what you connect to is what you're going to believe in, right? And therefore, what you believe in is what you're going to decree. Okay? And it will come out of your mouth. It will. It, it, it's guaranteed. Whatever your mind is absorbing, whatever getting down into the garden of your heart, it's going to produce that fruit, and it's going to come out of your mouth. Okay? So what I'd like to do, is it possible, Sam, to get that slide up here? No, we're having 10? Okay, well, I, I got a picture of it. Okay, and I want to show you something. Let everybody see this. I got a tree on the left-hand side here, okay? And what do you see below that tree? Roots. How big are those roots? They're the same size as the tree. Now, I want you to think of something. Can you physically see the roots with your eyes? No. Okay, now you're going to get some spiritual parable here from the Holy Spirit, because he likes to talk about these things. You might say to this sycamine or this mulberry tree, those kind of trees had huge roots. You mean you're going to say that big tree that's rooted and grounded be plucked up? right? Now, listen, you can't see this, but it's there, isn't it? The only way I can tell what's going on beneath the tree is by the size of the tree and how the tree looks. Bottom line is, is this. Those root structures are just as big as the top of the tree. So I know how much root structure is below the ground by what I can see above the ground. You seeing something here about faith? So what you're putting in on the inside of you begins to develop. It begins to spread out. It begins to grow, right? Right. We start seeing it, right? You start seeing the manifestation. Jesus said, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. So we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? Right? So let's go to Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, verse 24. And while we're going to Mark chapter 4, verse 24, some of you may have noticed that I put that picture of that coconut on there with that little leaf hanging out. And some of you might remember when I brought that coconut and I'm walking on the beach in Diego Garcia and I'm kicking those coconuts and I come up to that coconut. And just like Charlie Brown, man, I run up to go to kick that thing, stubbed my toe, flew over on the ground, rolled in the sand. I was like, that thing had some serious root in that coconut seed. And that I learned a big lesson from God on Mark chapter 4 on that. It was like, you talk about a lighter revelation on there. But Mark chapter 4, verse 24 and 25, in the King James Version, it says, he says unto them, take heed what you hear. What are you putting in your ears? What are you thinking about? What are you watching? What are you absorbing like a sponge, okay? With what measure you meet, okay, it shall be measured back to you, okay? And unto you that shall hear, more will be given. Man, I'm telling you, the floodgates open. What you believe in is what you're going to listen to. What you listen to is what's going to get into your mind like a sponge and it's going to absorb it. It's going to get down in your heart. And when the pressure comes and the squeeze time comes, that's what's going to come out of you, right? So Jesus is telling them, hey, listen up. This has everything to do with faith, this has everything to do with your root structure, okay? Be careful what you're hearing. Be careful what you're saying. Be careful what you're letting in, okay? So if somebody's speaking something, because the devil's a bully, you might have someone start cussing and swearing around you or someone talking negativity around you or defeat around you. You just got to cast that imagination down because it's trying to paint a picture. It's trying to create a vision in you. It's trying to get it down inside of you so you'll speak, right? It says, for he that hath to him shall be given. It's just going to multiply your thoughts are just going to be strongholds that's what a stronghold is It's trying to take control of your of the words and the visions that are going into your mind right so cuz he knows it'll get down into your heart right for he to him that shall be given he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he has here we go here's a football player here's a guy with the, running with the football on him hold on to that ball don't let the devil take what's in what, those those words that promise that he's got in you hold on to that ball okay If you begin to start taking in and you're not careful with what you're doing, because I remember reading in Proverbs where Solomon says he's going by a field. The field doesn't have any walls structure on it anymore. Nobody's been tending it. The walls have holes in it. The snakes have got in there. The weeds got in there and it's grown over. And he said, you know, just a little bit of sleep, just a little bit of let back And that wall comes down, the enemy comes in and begins to throw all those brambles and briars in there, right? And so from him that shall be taken, even which he hath, you start, you stop speaking the word every day. You stop going over it, right? You stop seeing the vision that God has for you. You begin to replace it with another vision. You begin to connect to it, right? And what happens was every little bit, of belief that you had, every little bit of faith that you had on the inside of you begins to get choked, right? It begins to get taken out of you. It, it, it comes out. Even what little you have will now come out, okay? So you have to protect what's going in your ears. Let's go to John 15. John 15. Oh, I like John 15. It's, it's, it's one of my most favorite set of scriptures. John 15, verse 5 to 8. John 15, 5 to 8. Jesus said this. He says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Now, now get this. He's the vine. He's the one connected to the source, right? We're the branches. Now, think of this. Without him, we can't do anything, right? We can't produce the fruit God wants in our life without him. But at the same time, God can't produce fruit in the earth without us. God has chosen us to be the branches. He's chosen you and I to be the one that produces the fruit, okay? So if you and I aren't walking by faith, how's God going to be able to move on the earth? Oh, God can do anything. He's not going to go against his word, okay? He's decided to do it this way. I have people ask me this all the time. Well, if there's a God, why are these things happening, you know? Jesus talks about it. This is one of the ways he explains it right here. I'm the vine. You're the branches, right? Right? He that abides in me, I abide in him. You get in that love walk with God. You get in that love walk with the word. You get your vision established. You get that love established. You're connected, right? You get those words in you. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he gets cast forth as a branch. He he withers. Men take all kinds of advantage of him, right? He gets cast, right, into the fire, and he gets burned, okay? Okay? But if you abide in me, oh, my goodness, if you connect to me, if you're connected to me, the atmosphere, your atmosphere, right? We talked about it when we were praising the Lord, right? Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they flourish in the courts of their God, the environment. Change the environment. Speak it. Change your environment. Change your environment. Stay connected to the Lord. Keep your walk going in the Lord. Keep that environment, right? keep your, stay abiding in him and you do it through his words, right? And my words abide in you. Now when you speak, there's not gonna be any doubt. You're gonna ask and it will be done. You see, once that word gets down on the inside of you, once it gets strong on the inside of you, confidence comes up and there's no doubt on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, now you look at it and now you speak. And I mean, you're speaking it, and there's no doubt in you when you're speaking it. You shall ask what you will, and it will happen. Because you're abiding in the Lord. You're walking in the Lord. You're being led by the Holy Spirit. That word's on the inside of you. That vision is on the inside of you. Your faith is solidified in it. Man, you are 100% positive. And when you speak, man, it's going to happen. Wow. Okay, now you're in a boxing ring, and now you take a punch, man, and the devil feels it. I mean, you you get him a good one right on the jaw and he feels it. Whoa, this cat's for real, man. This dude is for real. This guy knows what he's doing. All right, Matthew chapter 12, 33, right? Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 to 37. Matthew chapter 12, 33 to 37. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I like what Pastor Rick said one time. Man, if you can stick around and wait a little bit longer, the Lord will reveal something to you. Because as we're speaking these words, the Lord's going to start talking to you. It's impossible to have the word of God spoken to you and you're pulling on it and the Lord not speak to you. It, It just happens. The word of God brings light. Okay. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, So there's a process here. Or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. A fruit, a tree is known by his fruit. Now listen to this. He calls them a generation of vipers. What do snakes have in their mouth? Poison, right? How can you, being evil, speak good things? Can you imagine that? These are the Pharisees he's talking to. These are the people of Israel, right? For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. Man, what you're putting in is what's going to come out. So check your mouth, right? A good man out of the good treasure. He's spending time in the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. He puts it before his eyes. He gets it in his ears. He's going over it. He's speaking it. He's going over it. He's speaking it. He's going over it. He's speaking it. Think of a guy with a bunch of uh, of gold in his hand, raw gold in his hand, Okay. He's got that pure chunk of gold. It's not pure right now. It's a raw chunk of gold. But every time he speaks it, every time he says it, right? Every time he speaks that word, every time he says that word, that word's getting refined. That word's getting purified. That word's getting refined. That word's getting purified. till that thing turns pure gold, and now a revelation comes. A rhema comes on that scripture, right? That's how faith works. A rhema now comes, okay? So... A good man out of the good treasure of his heart will bring forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart will bring forth evil things. Here's a commandment. What's Jesus mean when he says, I say unto you? That's a command. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. I went in my Bible, one of the first things I did is everywhere Jesus said, I say unto you or I or when he, I say unto you or I say, I highlighted it. Oop, this, is, this is a commandment. Okay? That every idle word you speak, you're going to give an account of in the day of judgment. Not only in heaven, but here on the earth, right? For with your words, you're justified. And with your words, you are condemned. So there's a process. You have to believe God. Then speak his word. Because that's what Romans 10, 17 says. Faith begins by hearing and hearing the word of God. We read it and we speak his words. We speak his promises. We speak the vision he has for our life. We get intimate with the word. Now you'll begin to see it. And by hearing and speaking God's words and his promises and his vision for your life, you'll begin to see it, okay? Now that you see it, you begin to accept it. You begin to receive it. You start to get excited. Your confidence starts to grow, right? You can truly believe. It's because now you're seeing it and you're speaking it. Now when I speak it, I'm speaking it with confidence. People can speak the word of God, but there's no confidence behind it, right? And the devil will know. Come on, if you're in the ring and you haven't been practicing and you're throwing those little weak punches, the opponent's going to laugh at you. You can say all you want. He, you know, but man, once it's in the inside of you and you're speaking it, you got some power behind that punch. Now you're confident. Now you got the faith. Now you're going to speak it with boldness. Glory be to God. You now expect it when you speak it. Right? It's because you're completely saturated in it. You're believing it. The Holy Spirit's leading you. He's telling you what to say. Right? Here we go. Proverbs eighteen. Proverbs eighteen twenty-two to twenty-one. I'm going to do a couple more verses here, and then I'm going to give you your homework assignment that the Holy Spirit had me come up with. And this is really good, because the Holy Spirit had me do this, and you're going to appreciate this, because I sure did when the Holy Spirit had me do this. But we're going to go to Proverbs 18, verse 22 to 21. Proverbs 18, 22 to 21. Proverbs 18, 22 to 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Well, that makes sense, right? I mean, you've got to eat food to get it down in your belly, right? So your belly is going to be satisfied with the words of your mouth. Your belly is going to be satisfied with the words of your mouth. I'm going to say it again. Your belly is going to be satisfied with the words of your mouth. Your structure, your root structure is going to start growing. When you begin to speak the word of God, it's going to fill your belly, just like food will fill your belly, okay? Okay. We just read it. Jesus is talking about it in Matthew 12. Now, we're seeing it in the Old Testament, right? we got a relationship going here in the Word. With the fruit of his mouth, okay? And with the increase of his lips, he shall be filled. With the increase of his lips, he shall be filled. With the increase of his lips, he shall be filled. You see the process here? Faith is a process, isn't it? It's a process. See? If I eat a lot of food, my belly knows what to do with the food. It is designed by God to take that food and to break it down, Okay? And it's designed to spread that energy out throughout the nutrients out throughout my body. The Word of God is designed. God designed it this way. He designed faith this way. The Word of God is designed that when you put it before your eyes and you get it in your ears and you speak it, it goes into your spiritual belly and your spiritual belly knows what to do with it. It knows what to do. Every seed has instructions on the inside of it. You mean to tell me that little tiny mustard seed that's no bigger than a pen speck will grow into a tree about, you know, a couple, you know, almost the size of this building here? You got to be kidding me. You guys must be high on something, right? There's no way that little tiny seed can turn into that thing. But over time, with the right nourishment, right, with light Right, with water, right? That thing grows, man. That thing gets huge. God didn't put you on this earth without any power. You don't send men into combat without arming them and training them, right? God's not going to send you into the world he sent without being trained. He sent Jesus as your prototype. He took on the devil and beat him, and then now he gave you his same power pack, right? So we got to do the same thing Jesus did. We're going to get Jesus' results, right? And so that little seed... Mm, the, th- the size of that thing grows. So death and life are in the authority of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Just like Matthew 12, okay? Just like it. Get the word of God on the inside of you. Begin to lift in it. Get strength in it. Get strong in it. It'll work. It's designed to work. In your eyes, in your ears, speaking it. That's how it gets down, Right? Your belly begins to grow. Those root structures begin to grow. The blade starts coming up. Then you get the ear. Then you get the full corn in the ear. I'm confident now. So now, knowing all this, we're going to go to Mark 11, 22. Okay? Mark 11, 22. Here it is. Here it is. It's in the Bible, guys, isn't it? Did I, did I write this? I always like telling guys when I, when I do this, when I show it to them, I go, did, did I write this? No, no, I am not the author of this. Who said this? Jesus said this, okay? Oh, these are, you look at verse 22, four words, but they're big words. Have faith in God. The only way you're going to get that confidence is by getting that vision. The only way you're going to get that confidence is by spending time in that word and going over it and going over it and going over it. Man, what do guys do in karate? They practice their moves all the time. They're constantly practicing, right? I mean, that's what you do. You practice, you practice, you practice, you practice. Because one day you're going to be on the field. You practice, you practice, you practice. Get that word of God in front of you. It's You're building, you're developing, you're praising the Lord, you're spending time in God. You get bigger, you get bigger, you get bigger in your faith. Now I got faith in God, okay? Now I can say something. Now that my faith is confident, I'm qualified to speak. I'm qualified to speak now, okay? So now... Here's a, I say unto you, there's a commandment by Jesus that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. And when he says it, he doesn't doubt. He's got faith. He's confident. He's throwing a hard punch now. Be thou removed. Be cast into the sea. I ain't doubting when I'm saying it now, am I? I'm confident when, when I spoke it, I'm confident. Right? I know it's going to happen now. Right, You need three things to make fire. You need heat, you need some, something that can burn, and you need oxygen. Without those three things, you don't have fire. If you don't have faith, right, and you don't speak it, and if you remove the doubt, you're going to have whatsoever you say. You have to have all three. You can't take away one of them. You're going to have to speak it. You've got to ask. You've got to speak. Now, think of blind Bartimaeus. Think of blind Bartimaeus. Oh, I like, I, I like this story. And for, for time, I'm just going to go ahead and go over it. But blind Bartimaeus, okay, in the book of Mark, chapter 10, 46 to 52, he's sitting on the side of the road. He's blind. He's wearing beggars clothes. And he hears that Jesus is coming. Now, why would he get excited when he hears Jesus is coming? He must have heard. Someone must have told him how he heals. Because when he heard Jesus was coming, he heard the noise of the crowd. What did he start doing? He started to yell, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Ooh. You think he didn't have a vision right then and there? You think he didn't have faith? He did. Now, what did the people next to him say? What did the other people in the crowd say? You dumb old beggar, shut up. Sit, get back down in your hole. Get back down where you belong. Isn't that what the devil does? He tries to put his foot on your neck and rub your face in the mud. Get your face back down in the mud, you no good beggar. Right? But he cried all the more, even louder. He said, thou son of David, have mercy. Have hesed on me. Mercy on me. He knows who he is. He's a child of Abraham. He knows that when the Messiah comes, he's going to be honoring that covenant of David. That's why he called him son of David. He understood covenant. You have covenant with me. Have mercy on me. Exercise your covenant on me. It's what he likes to do, right? What did the Bible say Jesus do? He stops. There's all kinds of people around him shouting and screaming. He hears his voice and stops and says, hey, bring him forward. Oh, now what did the people say? Oh, be of good cheer. The master calls you. That's not what they were saying a minute ago, right? Right? What does Bartimaeus do with that old, nasty, dirty, stinky, smelly? I mean, you must have smelled them for a mile. What did he do with that robe that he had, that cloak? What did he do when he stood up? He cast that thing off. He knew his days were over of living that way. He knew it. Now, listen to this. He comes up to Jesus. What? Is Jesus stupid? Is he blind? He knows that he, he's being led up there. Jesus is like, what do you want? You've got to speak it. You have to speak it. That's how faith works. That's how God works. He's not, the world doesn't want to do it that way. I'm fine. They do do it that way. They just don't know it. Yeah, they do. They just don't know they're doing it. Okay. You have to speak it. What do you want? I want my sight. Now when you read it in different versions it says you're healed because it was your faith that activated this. Jesus all he stood there and was he had the power and it was available. It was his faith that did that. Hallelujah. So thank you Father in the name of Jesus because it's the sower that sows the word. First the ear, then you know, then the blade, oh I'm sorry, first the blade, then the ear and then the full corn in the ear, okay? Now The cycle of faith is it sees, it speaks, it acts, it stands, it rejoices, and it receives. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit did with me. And as I was praying, the Holy Spirit says, you get your homework assignment now, okay? For three days, you're going to take a notebook and a pencil or a pen, and you're going to write down everything that comes out of your mouth. For three days, you're going to do it. I did it when I was in the Air Force. The Holy Spirit had me do this. I went to work with it, and I wrote it down. Wait a second. I had to get down, and I wrote it. Everything that came out of my mouth for three days, the Holy Spirit had me write what was coming out of my mouth. After those three days, I sat down and I went over that notebook. And you would be surprised what comes out of your mouth. And the Holy Spirit says, you have what you say. The reason why you're in the position you're in is because you have what you say. Wow. Wow. So I immediately repented. So what you're going to do is, The other thing the Lord wants you to do is read Isaiah 54, verses 8 to 13. Isaiah 54, verses 8 to 13. That's where the Lord says, my ways are higher than your ways. My words are higher than your ways. And then he uses a process to describe how he gets his knowledge down into the earth, just like rain goes into the earth, and it waters the ground, right? And then that's what produces the bud and gets everything to grow. It's the same way his word works. It's the exact same way his word works, and he, and he winds up saying you're going to be an oak. He, you're going to be one of those tall trees like, this, like the redwood standing there as a testimony of the Lord. Instead of the briars and the brambles, you're going to have up myrtle trees coming up. You're going to have all these beautiful things coming up instead of that. So the word works. You're going to write down everything you said. Then you're going to sit down, and you're going to see if it agrees with the vision God gave for you. You're going to see if it agrees with the promises that the Lord promised you. You're going to see if it lines up with healing. You're going to see if it lines up with prosperity. Okay? You're going to do that. And then you'll make the adjustment. Okay? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the words that you have given us tonight in the name of Jesus. I thank you for this assignment. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Tonight, they're going to go home knowing that you love them, they have a vision, they have faith, they can grow in that faith. We've been given the measure of faith. You haven't sent us out into combat unarmed, Lord. You haven't sent us out into combat not being trained. I just thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I'd just like to share a little testimony. Um, For the last uh, five months, I had been going into the prison, the adult prison, and talking to a specific individual. And we started going over restoral and faith and casting your care. And this guy kept saying, I don't like this faith stuff because it's, I've never heard this before. But he kept doing it. He kept doing it. At that time, he was taking medicine, okay? And, I, and he didn't want to let go of his medicine. I told him about healing. He said, no, i got to take my medicine. I said, I'm fine with that. You take your medicine, okay? I'm not against doctors, okay? You keep taking it. But I told him this. I said, I believe... By the time we're done speaking here, you know, by the time I'm done coming to visit you, I believe you're going to be off that medicine. And he looked at me and said, yeah, I like that. He says, right now I'm not ready to come off it. Hey, that's pretty smart, isn't it? He knows where his faith level is. Right? Okay. I've gotten to the doctor before. All right? The Lord said, "Go." Get, I had to get a shot in, in the rear one time because of something that I did. And, and so the Lord said, you're gonna, no, you're going to go get penicillin. So I did that. So... well i laugh about that because the holy spirit has a sense of humor sometimes doesn't he you know and um he's not on the medicine anymore now i want you to i want you to know this he began to start preaching to everybody else in the jail cells about this everybody's making fun of him he was coming up you get a lot of prayer for people that are coming up for their child day oh you get all kinds of prayer for that and um so we start talking about how when you stand before a magistrate, you don't get fearful. Just They were in jail because they were preaching the gospel, but I said the same principle of pride. Just trust in the Holy Spirit. Just trust in God. You cast your care over on them. And then we talked about John chapter 8, how the woman that was caught in the act of adultery got mercy, right? So we're asking the Lord for mercy. He, he was facing anywhere from 10 to 30 years, that, that's what he was going to get. And the judge wound up saying, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm giving you the bare minimum, which was only two. And so they had to move. He's going to be out here probably within six months, okay? The reason why I'm saying that is, is this guy took faith. He, he, under, he didn't understand faith, but he started to see it and started speaking the words, and we started going over it. And he began to believe it. And then he began to preach it, and he began to see it. He actually saw himself doing it. And um, I I just want to share that testimony to tell you that it works. It works, hallelujah. So I I know you you stayed here a little long, but, um, but, man, this stuff works. And thanks for allowing me to, to speak it to you. Thank you.